Einkorn is used in many different ways around the world, in many different forms. We at Young Living even have new flavor packs of Einkorn Crunch for you to try. But when Gary started, there wasn't a manual, there wasn't a cookbook for how to best utilize it. He figured it out. And now we have years of science and research about Einkorn that we want to share with you. Today on the podcast, we have the science behind the ancient grain, Einkorn. Hello and welcome to Young Living's podcast, The Wild Drop. My name is Jacob Young, your host. Young Living is a world leader in producing and distributing premium essential oils. And this podcast will provide you with drops of information about Young Living, including stories, history, product information, lots of little fun facts, and even more. Welcome back to the podcast, Jared Gower. Now, the last time we had you on here, we were talking about food. Jared was on our episode talking about Ningxia Red. So if you haven't heard that one yet, go back and listen. I loved that episode. But today we're talking about food again. And specifically, we're talking about Einkorn. So for the listeners, can you share a little bit about your background, what yeah. you do, who you are, all that good stuff? You bet. Thanks, Jacob. So yes, I've been off and on with Young Living over 12 years now. Started with the product development team around 2008 and then have worked in a number of different roles here with our APAC team, currently on the portfolio team over our nutrition products. Um, so maybe why I'm not necessarily qualified, but my experience in nutrition, um, I did a master's degree in dietetics and did the registered dietitian thing for a little while. Um, I did see people typically, when they made it to that stage of needing a registered dietitian, they were at a state of health that wasn't good and really didn't want to listen. So I think that's kind of what drove me to this side of the industry, more that supplement route and looking for a company with great products. So that's, yeah, kind of where I landed with Young Living and why I have this passion for our nutrition products. Fantastic. Well, it's a great passion to have, and we're super happy that you're here and doing what you love, and we do have phenomenal products. So I think you're in the right place, and we love having you. Let's uh, let's talk Einkorn. Awesome. So Einkorn's pretty fascinating. There's a long history to it, even, you know, not just regarding with Young Living, but just in general to the world. Yep. And so it'd be great if you would share a little bit of history of Einkorn. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a, a grain that a lot of people aren't even familiar with. Um, lately, there has been kind of a trend or a movement where people have started to investigate or explore these ancient grains. Um, we got to a point, of course, especially in the United States and other societies, they tried to look for grains or wheats that had mass production, right? That's kind of where we landed on our current wheat or our standard flour that we, that we have today. As you look, though, an ancient grain was what it was in the beginning, right? That first step. And that's where you look at your einkorn-type grains. Um, differences, and I think you guys have probably seen this as we've talked about our einkorn chromosome makeup. So if you guys aren't familiar with that piece of it, just really quick and easy on it. So einkorn is made up of 14 chromosomes. You compare that to our standard or our modern wheat today, it's 42. And so you might ask, how did we get to that point then? So people did. They crossbred. They did all these different things. They had a good purpose, right? They were trying to look for maybe more output of crops. So they tried to breed these crops that would then produce more. Um, they tried to produce crops that then may be beneficial in baking. Maybe they wanted a structure to make this beautiful cake. So they did a lot of things as they tried to get our current or our modern wheat, but I don't think they had nutrition or health in mind when they did that. Yes, they were able to grow more. So maybe that was one benefit is they did have more crops or more of the, of the wheat to then you know make product, but definitely they lost out on some of those beneficial 
properties of the ancient wheats like einkorn. So maybe that's an intro, Jacob. Does that does that kind of help give a, a start there? Yeah, no, it's a great intro. And I also really want to quickly touch on the chromosomes and why the chromosome amount is extremely important. Could you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, you bet. So with that, the chromosomes, even your body, like, right, it, from the beginning, our bodies were designed to break down, digest all of these things. When they did become accustomed to those 14 chromosomes, that's what our body was used to making or used to breaking down. We would consume that. It was able to digest it, to break it down. Similar to that, even the protein structure, as you look at einkorn, that protein structure you have, it's in the gluten-type family. Gluten is protein. So that is a very common word people talk about is gluten. Um, as you look at einkorn, made up of two different types of gluten, which most wheats are, um, a gliandin and a glutenin. So you look at that ratio. Einkorn has a much higher ratio when you compare those versus our modern wheat. As far as being digestible, that also lends to easier digestion, also the absorption piece, and all of those things that do lend themselves to health. Where our current modern wheats, you do see a little tougher time on the digestion piece. And then also even those triggering, which we're jumping around a little bit, but with those proteins, they also can trigger T cells or those cells in our bodies that may attack or go after kind of foreign things. You look at the modern wheat, they actually do stimulate those T cell response much higher than a previous or an einkorn ancient wheat. So, And there you go. That's the reason why einkorn is fabulous. And I love how you kind of touched on, now it's a little bit of a, a trend, like everyone's looking for something. Well, we've actually had einkorn in our product lineup for a a good while now. Yep. Um, I remember way back in the day, I was probably no older than 12. And my dad started doing kind of the investigation with einkorn. Uh, he went over to Europe because Europe actually still uses einkorn. They bake with einkorn. They make a lot of stuff with einkorn. When I started the bee research with Dr. Wilson and our R&D team just two years ago, the first trip that we did over to France was just kind of paying attention to the menus. Einkorn pizza, pasta, they even have einkorn beer. They have a lot of einkorn products. And it was just kind of fascinating to see that over in Europe and other places, like it's as popular as like common wheat is here. Uh, so it's just really interesting to see. But where did Young Living's history begin with einkorn? I, I think, and you can probably correct me here, a lot of that is with our tie to our France farm, with the lavender farm there. Um, a great thing, or, or really cool here, is it can work as a rotational crop. So as we explored and we found you know, lavender to help you know, support Mother Nature, keep the ground, the earth, all of the dirt, all of that healthy and you know, producing those crops that we want, then in France, like you had said, in Europe, they still use einkorn as a rotation crop to then help you know, balance everything out. So my understanding was that, was, yeah, how when your dad was exploring, that's where he discovered einkorn as well as yeah. when we were working with the France farm. So Yeah, so rotation crops, really quickly to kind of explain what those are, is just like with any other plant that you see in the ground, they have to take in the nutrients, uh, the minerals, and everything that's in the soil in order for them to grow. And what happens if you don't do a rotation crop, and you see this with farmers here in the U.S. as well, is they will actually burn their crop or they'll till their crop and they'll plant a new crop that provides minerals, nutrients back into the soil so they can replant that original crop that they had. If you don't do that, what ends up happening is you have a soil that's nutrient deficient and nothing will end up growing there. So you kind of need to give the soil a little bit of a break. You need to plant something for at least a year or two or what we call two rounds. And then you'll harvest that crop and replant the original crop that you had. So einkorn is fantastic for that. You see it 
all over in Europe. Uh, and you're right, in France, just like with lavender, you see einkorn pretty much growing everywhere. And if you pay close attention, you'll see it, but it's hard to pay attention to yellow when you have pretty purple everywhere. <laughs> so it's, it's great to see that. Um, I don't remember what the very first einkorn product was. I think it was the pancake and flour mix. I believe it was pancake, and then we also worked on just the flour alone. Yep. But then, yes, pancake and... Pancake and waffle mix, I think, was one of the first. Right, pancake and, and waffle the mix. standalone flour. We also did look at the berry, the whole berry, but that one didn't gain as much traction right off because people weren't familiar with how they would grind it or do any of those things. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're spot on there. And for those of you that have tried cooking with the flour mix, you might have noticed the first few times that you cooked, you're like, why is it so difficult to not cook but bake with this einkorn flour? Can you dive into that? Yeah. So with that, actually, probably some of the reason why, especially here, we don't use as much einkorn flour. As you do look at baking, you have to be more experienced or actually probably play around with it a lot more than your standard flour, where there's a lot of recipes built around that. So with it, when we jump back to those proteins that we talked about, the protein structure, some of those changes as they tried to make modern wheat what it is, was to support structures in baking. Not necessarily nutrition structure, yeah. but as you do like bake a cake, bake bread, you'll see that it raises and creates the little air gaps in the product. That is the structures of those proteins holding the, the bread up or making it actually or a cake hold its shape. As you look at einkorn, definitely a lower ratio there. So it does become you know a little bit more difficult to have a fluffy type bread holding its structure. You, it definitely is possible. You can see in Europe, number of breads built with it. Really, you just have to be more familiar and probably experiment on your own to get to that point. Yeah, definitely, though, those protein structures are very key. But with a little bit of practice and experimenting, you can definitely get a, a bread that's very good, a good structure, good taste, mouthfeel. And then, of course, those beneficial profiles or the, the better nutrition to it. So. Yeah. And experimenting, my dad did a lot of. Uh, he brought a good amount of einkorn flour back with him from France. Um, einkorn has a fascinating story, just like with lavender, uh, kind of how we got like the lavender farm and the start to young living. It was all kind of with Jean-Noël and his son, Nicholas Landell. Um, my dad simply just asked like, hey, do you know anything about einkorn? And he's like, Gary, yes, we love einkorn. There's so much einkorn over here. And he immediately just flew over there and brought some einkorn back with him. And I remember the first I guess, bread loaf that we tried baking, the exterior, like the shell of the bread was so hard, extremely hard. When we finally got it out of the pan, it, it slipped and it fell on the floor and cracked the floor. It was so hard on the outside. But when we finally cracked the vault, essentially, <laughs> and, and got to the inside, the inside was really fluffy. It was really tasty. It was great. It was phenomenal. So we talked really quickly about baking. And I know um, for some of you, you probably had that same experience as we did for the first time. Like, why is this so hard to bake? And kind of like what you were saying earlier, Jared, is that the way that the chromosome and the structure of this specific flour works is it's not really ideal, I guess you could say, for baking because the yeast is, is very low. And that's kind of what gives that uniform holding bonding structure to the baking. So and we can kind of talk a little bit about what, what will help you out with baking and <laughs> a few things that we've got for you. Yeah, you bet. So with it, yeah, definitely I'm not an expert baker by any means, but I think we can push you guys towards, you know, the cookbooks that are offered on our website. They have explored, Heidi has explored a lot with einkorn and baking. But yeah, talking more of that science behind it, 
definitely. It's something, especially if you look here in the United States, even surrounding the U.S., we really just are not accustomed to einkorn or einkorn flour or utilizing it in baking. Um, that does create issues. All of our recipes are typically geared towards the modern-day flour. Um, it was convenient. It was there. As you look, um, again, we discussed shape, textures, cake structures, bread structures, cookie structures, whatever you were baking. It really, you just had these recipes for hundreds of years here that were based around flour. That said, though, if you can transition to einkorn, you can have the same product. There's some delicious cookies, cakes, breads, everything that we really do love um, based around einkorn. So I think some of that, personally, I probably, I'm not that expert baker, but when I do utilize it and try and experiment a little bit, you can definitely get there. Um, so yeah, Jacob, I don't know if I have much more yeah. to, to share on on the baking side of it, but something with, with some experimentation, you can you can get there. Lots of trial and error, yep. just like from my dad with pretty much everything with Young Living. Everyone always asks, like, how did Gary do it? Lots of trial and error. Lots and with of trial your dad, too. He was kind of starting <laughs> from scratch, right? It was like, yeah. like you just said, the bread. It was, oh, here's such a dense... With the cookbooks, though, that we've shared, or if you've been to conventions in years past, we had some of those items. You can. Now you have yeah. a recipe and a cookbook to follow to help you utilize. And as you had mentioned, it is starting to become more of, of a, not necessarily just a trend, but m people are more aware. So online, you can also find now recipes that incorporate einkorn flour and the different pieces there. So, yeah, and a yep. lot of research. I know for us, like the first product that we had was the pancake and waffle mix. And my dad, what he would do to kind of make the pancake or waffle more fluffy is he'd add more eggs usually. I know sometimes the recipe would be like, oh, if it's like too doughy or whatever, like add more flour or whatever. And that wasn't always the case with einkorn. Einkorn is very interesting like that. So what he would do is he would do more eggs and a banana usually. And the banana actually acts as like a natural sweetener. So if you want to try that out, you, you certainly can. Um, I know my wife recently, she made, uh, well, not recently, but a bit ago, she made like a einkorn zucchini bread because we got a ton of zucchinis from our garden and it turned out phenomenal. It was really, really, really good. Absolutely loved it. So I'll, I'll have to ask her for her tips and tricks because I wasn't entirely sure. I was like, wow, this is really good. But yeah, that cookbook that's on the website, Heidi has done a lot of experimenting with einkorn she loves einkorn. The book is phenomenal. There's a ton of different recipes in there. And like Jared said, if, you know, if the cookbook isn't enough for you, I'm sure there's plenty of items out there uh, on the internet as usual because Europe, they know exactly how to cook with einkorn. They've been doing it for years. They've never really transitioned to like the modern day wheat. They don't buy a lot of wheat from the U.S. or, or anything like that. They, they use their einkorn because it's it's natural. It's native to them technically. So yeah, there's a lot to go there. Definitely. It's, and it's, there will be some differences, right? So if you're going into it with a mindset of you're going to have something that's the exact same as maybe I'll say unhealthy, one of our unhealthy yeah. flowers, you probably won't, right? But I, even that, like just becoming more accustomed to it or using it, you definitely will grow to love it as well. I know like with us, when we'll have like fish, whether it's salmon, whatever, halibut's probably one of my favorite fish. We'd actually caught some fresh halibut in Alaska last year. And then a great recipe, we'd always batter it with a pancake batter. Mm -hmm. So even utilizing like the einkorn yeah. pancake and waffle mix, it works very well for that as well. You do have to make it a lot thinner than the recipe calls for just because yeah. you're battering fish. But then texture and all of it was slightly different, but it was good. So it's just, yeah. I think if you're trying to compare it to 
what you've had. There may be differences, but not bad differences. Yeah. So. We've definitely done pan-fried steaks with einkorn. Um, elk is a little bit interesting <laughs> to cook with just because it, it can dry out really quickly. So my dad actually would do the same thing where he would kind of cover it in the einkorn flour to kind of help keep in the moisture. And it worked really, really well. Um, so that's a fun trick that you can do there. But all right, we're going to go into the product <laughs> lineup of Einkorn. There's actually a lot of products that Young Living offers when it comes to Einkorn. So if you can touch on those really quickly, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, let's run through them. Um, you will have noticed a few of these have gone in and out of stock a little bit. With it, again, not a supply that you can just go down to your local store typically and buy Einkorn. Yeah. So with it, our you know our primary supply being with France, and then as we we're exploring, actually looking with Tabiona, Mona, having small crops there as well. But as we look at that, so we have the berries, the whole berries, which is actually what the product we'll talk about a little later is based upon. Um, the flour, we have einkorn granola, uh, spaghetti, pancake and waffle mix, the flakes and cereal, which is another those are good. very good. And then the crunch. So those are our current ones that are, that are in stock right now and that, yeah, we, we'll continue to manage and support those products. So definitely some great options for you guys to replace different things in your typical day with the flowers and baking, granolas, like as a treat, spaghetti. Yeah, you have a lot of options to try out einkorn. Yeah, so. I will say with the pasta, someone, like we use the pasta quite a bit in our home. The pasta is a little bit more sticky. And so you need to use um, the, your preferable oil of choice, uh, just a little bit more. So it's not as sticky. Uh, and that's kind of my tip and trick for you, but otherwise it's fantastic. Absolutely love the flavor and kind of going back to kind of what you were talking about. Like, you know, it's not necessarily something you might not be accustomed to, and you may not like it at first. That's how I was with like sourdough bread. I absolutely hated sourdough when I was dating <laughs> Kate they always did like sourdough pancakes and I thought they were like the grossest thing because sourdough has like that little bit of aftertaste to it. But after a while, like it's, I actually really enjoy it now. It's really tasty. It's really good. And then just like sourdough toast in general, always love going for sourdough toast. So einkorn is the exact same way. It's like an amazing ditch and switch and it's just phenomenal. So, all right, we're going into la creme de la creme, uh, which is our newly launched product of Einkorn, which is this multi-pack that's sitting right here on the table. You guys can't see it, but we're seeing it right here. What I'm so excited about with this variety pack is the Einkorn Crunch was a phenomenal product off the start. So it's the berries, and it's basically like corn nuts. That's, that's the yep. best way that I can explain it to anybody. Um, but they're very small pieces. It's very easy to just take, and it's a it's a snack on the go, and it's not very filling. So you can eat a lot of this. Trust me, I've gone through a whole like box of einkorn crunch within a week, and it's just super tasty. You don't have to worry about like eating too much or anything like that. And when we had it for the first little bit, I was like, okay, the sea salt's great. I love it, but we have to have other flavors. So when I finally heard that we were going to be launching f new flavors in a variety pack, I was super excited. So what flavors do we have, Jared? Perfect. So yeah, now you have three flavors. Um, Jacob, you mentioned the salt, the sea salt. So we kept the ancient sea salt flavor because it was. People love just that salt piece. Then we also added a zesty salsa flavor, 
which we'll jump into these a little bit, but the zesty salsa and then the third one, the sweet cinnamon, actually incorporate Young Living's essential oils as well into that flavor system. Um, ancient sea salt, we don't have a, a salt oil or something like that. So yeah. it, it didn't really need it. It landed, you know, a flavor of salt on its own. And then those other two, we were able to incorporate oils to help drive the flavor. So Yeah. So in the salsa, what oils do we have for that one? So that one, we have lime essential oil. Helps bring out that zesty in the name, gives it that great citrus type note. So... Yeah. And, I, and I bet I can't guess what's in sweet cinnamon. <laughs> I'm assuming it's cinnamon, but I could be wrong. Nope, spot on. Yep, there is cinnamon, actual powder, but then also the cinnamon oil in there as well. Yeah, so. and they're both absolutely fantastic. I'm not a big sweet guy, but I do love the sweet cinnamon. Uh, the, salt, the salsa is my favorite. It's, it's my favorite right now. So yeah, you're going to have to try them out. They're all in this multi-variety pack. Um, so... As far as for our consumers, right, what's buying this looking like? Is this a one-time? What exactly? So, yes, right now, currently it is a a one-time per account. You're definitely, everyone can order it. Um, Our cost currently is $32 wholesale, and then your PV on this product is 20 PV. Um, You will see that with some of our food just to make it more, you know, doable for you guys on the price. We have lowered the PV slightly on this one. So, and that's pretty good. That's 24 pouches, eight of each flavor, and you've got a good amount. This is the thing that I really love about the Iron Corn Crunch is, you know, like the bag of chips, they're always like 13% full and the rest is air. These are full to the top. So you are not missing out on anything. You're not being charged for air. You're being charged for Iron Corn. So I just want to throw that out there is that these are all packed to the top. And that is my favorite part. It's like, you're not again skimmed out on anything. So I think you may have talked as well, Jacob. So even just the hundred calories, right? It's a hundred calories per pack, a great snack on the go. Again, it's not something that you're taking a full meal. It's a great healthy snack with the protein profiles, all of those things we discussed on the science part of it. And then with a great flavor that's being young living, natural flavors, based around oils, all the the healthy pieces that we could incorporate there. Yeah. Thank you for covering that. Yeah. The hundred, hundred calories per pack. So per little pack is just fantastic number. It's, you know, bright and shiny on the pack. So you know exactly what you're getting. And it's honestly, I have like this sitting right on my desk at home. I have my like gaming room office and I am just constantly chowing down on these things. Just so good. And like I said, I've gone through one of those already pretty quickly and they're great. And a great way to introduce people to the world of Pinecorn yep. as well. If it's something that you want to share with a family or a friend and be like, hey, try this out and let me know what you think. And if they like it, then they can explore all the other options of Pinecorn. No that preparation we have. necessary on this one. <laughs> Absolutely not. Just grab and go. You know, you know, we've got football season here. I'm not a big football guy, but you can have these out, you know, for Sunday night football or whatever it is. So I definitely know what I'm talking about if you can't tell. So, but yeah, Einkorn, we love everything about it. We're super happy that we've been able to have this part of our product line with everything that we do. And I'm just also happy that we were innovators with it and uh, trendsetters, you know, because now it's becoming trendy, but we've already got it. So we don't got to worry about that part. So one thing that I think would be really cool to share is uh, the sea salt is a flavor that we've had for a little bit. And I actually want to touch on like where the sea salt actually comes from. Yeah. So being here from Utah, it's actually a really cool story for us. It comes from an ancient seabed that then they are taking these minerals. They're, you know, getting that salt flavor. You can then be guaranteed or insured that it is natural, of course. Not that salt isn't natural, but other salts go through quite a process to get 
the salt that you have. Um, but yeah, coming from a natural seabed, they extract it. Of course, then they're making sure it's clean, testing it, but it has a great tie to Utah, which is where, you know, we currently are with, with Young Living. And then just that story coming from Mother Earth. So yeah, it's a great story on the sea salt. Absolutely love it. Utah has so many mines here, so many different crops and rocks and all sorts of different stuff. So it's awesome. Uh, when I was kind of reading that fun little Q&A over about the Iron Corn Crunch and I saw like the salt was local here from Utah, I was like, oh, that's super cool. So yeah, just a little fun fact for all of you to know now. <laughs> well, Jared, is there anything else in regards to Iron Corn that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Maybe just my favorite thing, and we talked about a snack. So this, for me, afternoon snack, I love it mixed with a zing. Um, I do like a little bit of a sparkly-type beverage. So zing and then 100 calories of, of an Einkorn Crunch, you know, it's a great afternoon snack. Maybe the last thing we touched a little, like, for everyone, right? Kids in their lunchbox, whatever it is, it's a great intro to Einkorn and a great snack. So. Yeah, absolutely is. And on that snack part, for my last little tip and trick, is that sweet cinnamon with some yogurt? absolutely phenomenal it is really really good so i really like it but um yeah jared thank you so much for your time your knowledge your input and everything that you do including your team so super happy to have you back here on the podcast and hoping to have you back once again thanks jacob and thank you for tuning into this episode of the wild drop Remember, you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, on YouTube, and of course our website at www.youngliving.com. Don't forget to oil up Young Living family. This is Jacob Young, dropping out. Take care.